0: Hey y'all, this is CJ Solar, and you are streaming the Melodies and Memories podcast with Jillian and Aaron Shriver. Down Welcome to the Melodies and Memories podcast with Jillian and Aaron Shriver, brought to you by Arlo Revolution. Each week, they connect melodies and memories with fans and singer-songwriters from all genres of life. When all else in life is gone, music will be left to leave the legacy of life's adventures. Please welcome your hosts of the Melodies and Memories Podcast, Jillian and Aaron Schreiber.
1: Hello, and welcome everyone to Season 6 of Melodies and Memories Podcast. I'm your co host, Jillian Schreiber. And I'm your host, Aaron Schreiber. Our mission tonight is to provide a platform for motivated singer songwriters, passionate fans, or someone who is making a difference in and around the music community. We hope everyone listening leaves inspired with a positive outlook and begins connecting their own melodies to memories. Tonight, we're presented by our good friends at Arlo Revolution. Cinematic wedding films, music videos, and promos, find them at arlorevolution.com. One Tree Planted, for every 1,000 downloads of the show, we plant a tree with One Tree Planted. Download the show on your favorite podcast app. Podex Poddecks. Poddecks are the hottest tool to get your next great interview. Unique interview questions at the palm of your hand. Our on-screen sponsors, Art on a Higher Wire by Joelle. Original and custom artwork inspired by your life moments, treasured photos and memories. And Shed Services at Shed Services. We offer a full range of maintenance services depending on your needs. Find them at ShedServices.com. If you're looking for ways to support or sponsor Melodies and Memories, then please head over to our Patreon page. Tiers start at just $1. If Patreon is something that you can't do, the next best thing and uh, way to support the show is to like, share, and review. Remember, you can join us live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central on Facebook and YouTube, where you can interact with the show, ask questions, or join in on the live chat with your favorite guests. Remember to visit our website at melodiesandmemories.com for music news, concert reviews, and photos, playlists, and more.
2: Let's see, look at that. you getting better every week. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, love it. <laughs> Guys, like I said, we are very excited for tonight's show. Uh, we shared this picture a little bit earlier with Billy, but we're going to put it on the screen for a second. This is probably about, we're what were we thinking, 17 years ago, 18 years ago? <laughs> At least. It was a long time <laughs> ago. Jill, Jillian and I got lucky enough to meet Billy Dean years and... Actually, there's a guitar behind me every week uh, sitting here actually has his signature on it. So it's kind of been a long time coming, like I said, for this show. And it's full circle for us. But tonight we welcome in Billy Dean for episode 148. Working hard the last 40 years has paid off and delivered an award-winning legendary career for this Florida singer-songwriter and has launched him in as one of the greatest in country music, saying we are honored to discuss the melodies and memories that made up his journey. Let's go ahead and welcome Billy Dean on.
3: How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. What an <laughs> intro. Thank you so much. I, I was looking at that picture, and I, I knew it had to be at least 17 years ago, because, man, there's no way I could fit in that jacket.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <But> us, too.
3: <laughs> you
2: had to be out there promoting Let Them Be Little, and, man, we are definitely, that was a long time ago. <laughs> but it was hey, kind of man, cool. It
3: was. I tell you, it never fit. But I was always really good about uh, when it got time to do, like, album shoots or mm-hmm. videos, you know? I just—I know it wasn't healthy, but I'd starve for like two months. You know, It'd just go on a major <laughs> crash fast just to get ready for the photos.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, welcome to the show. We are very excited to have you on tonight. We like to start the show off the same way every week, and we like to go back to your earliest music memory. I know you came from a musical family, but what do you remember? Kind of growing up as a kid, and uh, I mean, around eight or so is when you started playing. But before that. What was kind of going through? Like, wh- 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 how did you d- develop music?
3: <laughs> well, you know, um, I was I was kind of fortunate in the fact that uh, my dad had a a band even before I was born, I, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and he, uh, you know, it's kind of made up of some old veterans from World War II. These guys that had been in the uh, lot together. And I think music was kind of like, they're just their therapy, you know? And so we had a, a Texaco gas station and the band would always rehearse, uh, in the, you know, close down one of the bay doors there, the garage doors, and they would set up and play, you know? And, um, and I was usually about first grade, you know, around the first grade, mm-hmm. um, hanging out, you know, around drums and amplifiers and guitars. And, you know, as a little kid, man, that was like, might as well be in a Toys R Us, you know, for me to see all of that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's what hooked me in. It was my earliest memories of sitting in on some of those rehearsals.
2: I love that. So what would you say your first concert was when you finally got the chance to go out and actually see a concert kind of, did you have an experience from that, that you kind of took away that maybe directed you towards the path you took in music?
3: Absolutely. I think, um, the very first concert I remember going to like as a, you know, as a, uh, a music fan, uh, my, I think I was, I might've been in the seventh grade. Maybe we went, we went to see the nitty gritty dirt band and, uh, at Florida state university in Tallahassee, Florida. I'm from Florida. And, um, and John McEwen was in the band and, uh, and I just remember at that point just loving that folky kind of singer-songwriter. Uh, and also they had a great sense of humor. You know, they were great entertainers, nitty-gritty Dirt Band, And uh, and I never thought in a million years, you know, years later I would actually, you know, get to work with them and okay. get to know them in a little bit. And uh, But, yeah, that was my first concert ever that I made. <laughs> my music teacher from our school, he uh, was an old folky James Taylor kind of uh the fan and he's kind of turned me on to that finger style of music and the, some of those, uh, albums listened to and took me to that first concert.
2: I love Very that. Cool. So what kind of, do you have any say, did you, were you standing there just saying that I want to do that? Is that kind of like, where you were saying this is what it is where I want to be. I belong out there. Is that, did you ever feel that during that show?
3: Uh, man, uh, I did. I, well, it, it might've been a little bit later on, okay. uh, I think when I, uh, I remember this specifically, I remember being in the 10th grade and my algebra teacher, I actually could do algebra pretty good. I, I, I could memorize, you know, like equations and stuff. Like I could memorize lyrics for some reason. I don't know why, but they just (laughs) retain, I guess the stories, you know, retain, but, uh, my 10th grade teacher, she said, uh, she looked at me and she goes, you're never going to be using any of this. We already know you're going to Nashville. Because <laughs> you you, I was already playing around school and I've been in talent shows and stuff like that. And uh, <clears throat> I had uh, written, we had like a six week long term paper uh, that we were supposed to do about Romeo and Juliet, you know, and star crossed lovers and all this kind of stuff. And, I just put it off and put it off, procrastinated, and and so the morning of that when we were supposed to turn this in that English class before I just wrote a little song about star-crossed lovers <laughs> and I got an A plus and I thought, man, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's amazing. That's All a the way great I can story. Get an
3: A plus. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, so you were always
2: around music, you were always around the guitar. When you remember actually first time you picked up that guitar and started playing, it who was kind of like your biggest mentor? Was it your dad at the time, or was it maybe somebody in his band? But who mentored you the most on the guitar?
3: It was you, you know mostly just the, the local people um, at first. Like you know my my dad and they had my dad's band had two uh, electric guitar players and they played like a twin guitars and uh you know played in harmony and stuff they they worked all this stuff out you know they practiced which is kind of cool but then there you know there was the glenn campbell good time hour i remember uh always wanting to see that john denver came along had a few specials on tv and i really liked his stuff um and he played he was a really good guitar player (laughs) and then um a little bit later on, man, I really got into the electric guitar, kind of the uh, uh Brent Mason. He's a, a great session guitar player in Nashville, played on a lot of Allen Jackson's records. Mm-hmm. And then Allen Jackson's guitar player played on a lot of those records too. But that kind of chicken picking stuff. I just always liked the guitar. Chet Atkins was a big influence. Steve Warner was a big influence. And then um, oh, a few years later, I was really got into the James Taylor and, Uh, really him and Mac McAnally were some of my big heroes as far as like guitar and singer songwriters.
2: I I heard you snuck into a James Taylor show once. (laughs) I
3: did. (laughs) (laughs) We sure did, man. We uh, we were on tour, uh, had a night off, and uh, we were in the tour bus, and the tickets were sold out to the James Taylor concert, man. We wanted to go, and we got – we, uh, my bus driver knew everybody on the road. We didn't know I didn't hadn't been that many places yet. Just kind of started being on tour, and and then, uh, he pulled us in right backstage, uh, <laughs> and just north of San Diego at this uh, James Taylor concert. And they they thought it was so awesome that we were such big fans, we'd crashed the backstage with our tour bus. They set up chairs for us and took care of us. And it was really cool. We got to meet James, and it was one of my favorite shows
1: that's awesome
2: i love this so you're part of a couple star searches back in the day uh for an 82 country star search you finished 10th place and six years later you won male vocalist champ on ed mcmahon star search program tell me a little bit about this time that you spent on especially with ed mcmahon Because I don't know, I don't know if a lot of people watching remember that. I remember, I watched watched Star Search, I remember that. That I was probably, I don't even know, eight, nine years old watching it, but I remember Star Search and Mm love that show. But tell me a little bit about doing it. Do you would you compare it to today's American Idols?
3: I, yeah, I sure I would. Um, you know, one thing, uh, is one thing playing in front of your, you know, family and friends, another thing playing in front of a, you know, in a bar, which was mostly, or a church. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's kind of uh, just about everybody's ever played music, probably played in church at one point, but uh, it's a whole nother thing playing in front of a camera and, and an audience and then compete, you know, being on TV and having to get it right. And, um, and, and, you know, that was nerve wracking, you know. i tell you I was always really shy and when I was a little kid, uh my dad, man, he I just didn't want to get in front of people and sing, you know. And so it was it was hard when I was young and I got you know, overcame it obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then that uh then I had a whole nother set of nerves when it came to T V and tech. I was like, man, it was almost almost so nervous to the point where we shut you down and I thought, man, I gotta get over this. I either gotta this is gonna make or break
4: mm-hmm.
3: my my career right here if I can't overcome these nerves and settle down and sing. And you know, and that was a that was a, a big uh, that was a big learning curve. Ah man! So what finally
2: made you make that jump from Florida to Nashville? I mean, you were destined the whole time, but what we'll finally gave you that final push? As all right, I'm, I'm packing up my bags. I'm taking what I have with me. I'm going. I'm going to do this. Yep. There's
3: what- a actually, ironically, it was a another contest that I was in when I was about. uh I was probably, I guess, I was about. 19 years old, maybe 18, 19 years old. And it was a TV show. Dennis Weaver, old McLeod guy was the host. And, uh, and I'm the finals were held in Nashville and same thing. I had the same kind of nerves, but I made it in the top 10 and, uh, of that group. And then, but I didn't have, we didn't have any money. My dad, like I say, he was a, you know, uh, just mechanic, uh, you know, Texaco guy and, We had that little Texaco station. That was about it. So I didn't really really have any means to get to Nashville or anything. Uh, But I got that far on that TV show and I came back home and I talked to some of the farmers who I played parties for. You know, one guy in particular now has an incredible winery out in Napa Valley, the uh, Gargiulo Winery. Jeff Gargiulo and uh, some of the uh, farmers around in our local area put together a kitty of money Aww. and sent me to Nashville so I could get an apartment and, and get and I bought some sound equipment so I could support myself. I had gigs, you know, in Florida, I could play if I came to pay rent, you know, so it, that's kind of my little hometown, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. me get up there. You
2: tried college for a year. You, I know you went on a what was it, a basketball scholarship to college, yeah, in, Missi- in Mississippi, and I know you, you were just itching to get to Nashville, though you got so close.
3: <laughs> I was, man. I had a, a distant cousin who was who was playing uh, one of the lounges in Las Vegas. He was mm-hmm. from our hometown area, and um, and they had offered me a job out there. And it was gonna pay like twelve hundred bucks a week. And this was, you know, this is in the eighties. Well, um,
1: good money back then.
3: <laughs> oh man, and, and he he was he was a big deal. And Wayne Newton was the headliner. And so, man, I was I I quit college. I mean basically quit college uh, after the basketball season was over. When it came time to after the Christmas season, I went home, man. I was like done. I as I'm gone. And then they, the Aladdin hotel lost their gambling license. Uh, Something went down at, it all fell apart, and <laughs> <laughs> I went to Nashville instead. <laughs> so, uh, actually, a uh, good thing, probably. I-
1: it worked out well for you, right? Oh yeah,
3: it did. <laughs> I- I I'd
1: say it worked out days. okay.
3: <laughs> about three days in Vegas is about. That's about enough.
1: Yep, I hear that.
2: <laughs> so when you you first moved to Nashville, you're looking to take the artist path, but I, I know I I kind of read right when I was researching this. After your first cut, uh, Randy Travis uh, got a hold of one of your songs. You almost thought about taking the songwriter path at one point. What finally made you take that that the path you took?
3: Well, you know, when I got um, actually the very first professional contract that I was ever offered was was as a songwriter first, and that was because uh, I had a good buddy of mine, Berlin Thompson, who was writing for Loretta Lynn's company and then that company, Loretta's company, was sold to CBS Songs and then uh, CBS, my buddy was now writing for this big company CBS and and then that company got sold to EMI and he even got bigger and my buddy was there and he said, you ought to come over and play some songs for our, for the head of the publisher there and so I so I did, and uh they signed me as a as a writer and gave me you know a weekly draw basically money and it, it's what allowed me to to focus one hundred percent on on you know so basically you're going in every day and you're playing guitar every day for eight hours a day and mm-hmm. writing songs and coming up with guitar riffs and so got to work on music you know that many hours every day because of that writing deal and getting paid to do it. And man, your skills go up really quick Mm -hmm. when you're doing studio stuff and you're around now, the real creative producers, you're going to studios of, you know, high quality musicians and engineers, and you learn how to, you know, where the bar of excellence is. You really, that's where you, you, you start getting around that kind of, uh, talent and it, it makes you work harder and, it, you know, you, you learn secrets and, and you learn, you learn tricks and everything that, that some of the pros have. And so it's, it was a great education, man. It was a great time to be in Nashville. That songwriting part, you know, what I call the learning ground, you know, cause you can be a singer and want to be a star all day, but yeah, you can't do it without the right song. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> people can tell when songs are written well and, and, people put the time and when they haven't been, you know, when they're structured right. So it's always a good thing to start there.
4: Yeah.
3: I love that. I love that. So your new album, the rest of it is
2: mine. It's your first in 10 years. And it went a little bit of a different direction with this album. Tell, tell me about, about this album a little bit, the process of making it, and maybe why you went a little bit of a different... It almost has like a Jimmy Buffett kind of vibe to it, which I love. <laughs> He's like, alright, I'm back in Florida, and I'm going to kick back and enjoy it. So, it
3: is, it is exactly right. Man, I had... You know, I was living down on uh, my favorite spot in Florida, St. George Island, Florida. I grew up in in just north of there, in Quincy. Mm-hmm. And, but that whole area... I've just loved and, <clears throat> and it's kind of what I was doing before I left and went to Nashville. I was playing, yeah. you know, we we're playing a lot of bars in Florida and, uh, and playing Buffett stuff. And they, but Florida has a, um, it was a genre of music that is kind of being birthed in Florida, I guess, or it's not just in Florida, but they call it uh, trot rock. You've heard of yacht rock. You yeah. Know, where yacht rock is plays a lot of old classic rock music and everything, but yeah. Uh, but Trop Rock is kind of original written music uh, about the you know the lifestyle of living on the beaches in Florida and you know coming I had done a lot of serious kinds of recordings and and you know felt like i made statements about kids you know would let them be little and kid yeah. and I made uh, I felt like I'd covered a lot of things like faith family and the flag you know that's kind of my was my mm-hmm. you know triumph that those kinds of things are good to sing about and but man coming in after covid is like be, we were quarantined on the on the island which i loved every <laughs> yeah. it. I, i'm, so sorry go, I'm not arguing but if you have to be quarantined i highly recommend being on an island,
4: being <laughs> on island. that was kind of
3: nice
2: I bet, man.
3: Yeah, but we. I wrote all that. So, and I just want to come out with some something fun man, yeah. and something easy, you know, not too serious, and just a lot of fun puns and and just just something you want to put on and, on the beach and sit back and 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 listen to, you know.
2: Yep.
1: It was fantastic. Kind of
2: of like, almost like retirement music in a way. i call it it. (laughs) vacation. Vacation, Vacation, retirement music. Yeah, Yeah. I I had had
3: some people, uh, you know, some friends of mine who, you know, their kids were raised and they, they had retired, you know, and they, they just, or some sold their companies and just getting ready to live, you know, and then, uh, and then, you know, either, either the kids boomerang back or, or, you know, uh, Something goes wrong. It's like you know, always something stopping them anyway. And I thought, man, I'm going to go ahead and and get in retirement mode now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> was like, but you know, it's not like retirement mode. It's nah. like these people down in Florida. Those the most active people I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Yes. Yes. These people, they'll bike ride you to death. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like a whole separate life. <laughs>
2: That's all awesome. So over the years, I mean, you've been part of some amazing songs. What have been? What's been your favorite song that you've cut or written over the years that you could say that this is this is my my song. This is my favorite one. That I, can you pick just one?
3: Well, man, somewhere in my broken heart is 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 hard to beat because yeah. it's uh, a <clears throat> you know it it did so well. You know, it was my first number one song, uh, but but that was great and won the you won a song of the year you know at the ACM and that was great but then my peers you know my the songwriting community the Nashville Songwriters Association they voted it the song, their song of the year and that that really meant a lot and um, and i i songwriting was always kind of a chore or something necessary you got to do you know for mm-hmm. for the singing career and the touring career and i wish i loved it Back then, as much as I love it now, I love absolutely it's just who I am, you know, and somewhere in my broken heart after that. Uh, I, w- I didn't know I was capable of being part of something like that. And I did. I wrote that with a Hall of Fame songwriter who guided me. School, when I say old school, just really a tunesmith, you know and wrote more than just the words and you know you write the phrasing you're writing the chord changes you're writing uh simple you know you're trying to say more you're trying to say as much as you can in as few words and as light of presentations you can which is hard really super hard to do and man mm-hmm. i felt like we did it on that song and mm-hmm. I, I didn't know i was capable of something like that and I started asking more of myself after that, you know, as Mm -hmm. as a songwriter, uh, you know. Billy the Kid obviously uh, was (laughs) was uh, autobiographical, and uh, and it was time to go to work, man. I miss Billy the Kid. (laughs) (laughs) I miss the days when when uh, when I could just you know be a kid, but uh, it was i love that that somewhere in my broken heart would probably be the one nice yeah, that's fine.
2: so that's where i came along with Billy the kid uh the second album uh the self-titled album uh that's where i had the cassette and i probably if i look at my parents house i probably still do somewhere
4: because
2: sure so. <laughs> i didn't get real but i had that cassette and dude some of those songs i was probably mid-teens early teens and only the wind got me through so much my mom played that song for me when i was young and oh. uh dude it got me through so much and i just love that because i, I sit back and when you're sound checking that song i was like ah oh, dude like it was just melting me but i want to talk <laughs> to you a little bit almost about daddy's will because i loved that song and i felt that was kind of like an underrated song of yours tell me a little bit about writing that song putting it together
3: man that um that's been a that was a special song it yeah. had been very long uh since i lost my dad when I, when I wrote that, yeah. he, uh, I wrote that with a buddy of mine named Steve Dean. We had the same last name <laughs> and we figured out we're probably a uh, distant cousins somewhere mm-hmm. uh, down the line. But, uh, you know, uh, you learn a lot when you're raised by what I would call like the greatest generation, which mm-hmm. he was, and he lost two brothers in that war and, and all three, you know, all of them were like in major on major historical battles, you know, um, and be, they were on the front lines. You know, they were uh, some of them the first to ever go to well, You know, you, being raised by guys that that been through that kind of stuff, you know, um, it was uh, they raised the. You know, a lot of us the people I've talked to that had dads because I'm the youngest of three kids. You know, my my dad would have been way up in his nineties now and i'm 60 now so mm-hmm. uh but that's what that song really was you know we never you never was afraid you always felt protected you know because you know he was a, he was a badass yeah <laughs> 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 you know that he, he could take anybody and uh <clears throat> so he felt safe um uh, and but you felt like uh you know, the, the my dad always said, I can't give you a lot of money. No, he didn't. He said, I could have given you a lot of money. He said, I could have handed you down a lot of money. I don't know where it came from. There's none in my family. But, <laughs> you know, I don't know who he's talking about, but I figured it out later. Uh, or, you know, I could, have just, I could have been there for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like I could have gone off and and made money and sent it home and and never got to be a dad or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, or I could have stayed here and, and, you know, instilled these things in you or whatever. And so he was a really good singer. And I think, I think he probably could have had a shot at, you know, he went to Nashville and took brought us all to Nashville when I was like nine years old. I remember that trip, but I don't know what happened. He may have, he may have had a shot and then turned it down thinking he's going to have to leave us a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's cool. I, I always loved that album because I had a little bit of Billy, the kid it was me. And then like, Oh, only in the wind. Like, my mom was, was one of my mom's favorite. And daddy's will remind me of my dad. So like the whole album just came together. And that's why I still remember this day. Like just, I don't know. I, when we got a chance to meet you 17 years ago, it was pretty, pretty honored to, but having a show tonight was just amazing. So we appreciate it.
3: <laughs> Thank you, man. Well, I'm sorry. I'm so long winded. No, you guys, you're all I'm, good. I'm
1: <laughs> that was you fantastic. can
3: cut me, snip me. <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> we would never. So
2: what does next year look like for you? Are you going to do a little bit more tour? Anything, any more new music coming your way soon? What does 2023 look like? What's on your plate for you right now?
3: Man, I think we're going to be touring a lot with, uh, Shenandoah and Wade Hayes. We have a thing. If you go, uh, check out on Facebook, of, uh, the uh, country comeback tour. Okay. I like to call it the 90s country comeback tour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, like the, the, the 90s country music has been really popular. I mean, this, this, uh, I don't know how old this girl was. She's probably 21 or 22 or something, but she had an old Fire in the Dark touring t shirt on <laughs> mine. She, she said <laughs> she got it in a vintage store. And I'm like, well, this, man, this is kind of cool. Yeah. The 90s is, uh, is exciting. You know, I think. Uh, to To be touring with a package, it's, it's a it's a yeah. cool show. We're all on stage together uh, at different times, and and it's a lot of fun. It's nothing but just hit our biggest songs, you know, uh, of the '90s. And um, I think I'm gonna go back and reinvent some different versions of some of the songs, like Only the Wind and stuff. I, I uh, I've been playing a lot acoustically. Yeah. You know, I do a lot of acoustic shows, and by doing that, you really get a chance to reinvent some of these songs mm-hmm. and since the songs are you know I mean this is the 30-year anniversary of somewhere in my broken heart what yeah. I did was i re-recorded that with an orchestra and that's actually out on that album the rest of it's mine mm-hmm. album that version is uh is there and my but I've got so many killer new songs too man yeah. I, that i want to get out and nobody will probably ever hear them I don't know maybe they will but these are these are some of my favorite things I've I've ever written. I got a song uh, that Shannon Doe just recorded called Handkerchief. I got a song in John Snyder's new movie. Uh, uh, Craig Morgan just recorded one of my songs uh, that he and I wrote together uh, called Raise the Bar. That's coming out next year. So I got nice. a lot of stuff on some different projects uh, coming out uh, next year. So that's exciting be fun. It's very (laughs) cool.
0: Very cool. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to take your interviews and podcast episodes to the next level, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Visit Poddex.com to get your Poddex today.
2: So we're gonna move on to our powered by Podex section of the night. Uh, we drew a couple cards earlier, and the first one was, "What's uh What was the first tour you ever went on? And are there ever are there any shows you've played over the years that stand out to you as the most memorable?
3: Any shows that I played that might be the most memorable? Yep.
2: And the first tour you ever
3: went on that you remember? The first tour? Yep. Mm-hmm. That would be that was the that my first tour was the Judds. Nice. I was with. Winona and Naomi Judd, <clears throat> and um, there were so many great moments, uh, fun moments. Uh, we played the Target Center. There, uh, I think it was up in Minneapolis. When it first opened, they gave everybody flashlights, little flashlights, and uh, for this big opening of the Target Center and. uh and I was the first act on, and then the and then the Juds. And man, I, I just remember I've never seeing all those little lights out there. It was a that was a quite a night because it was that was a big, big, big crowd. And then uh, one one that was really wild. You know, I was on the the uh, I was on the same record label as Garth Brooks. So Garth mm-hmm. was a label mate, and. He had already opened for the Judds a year before, but he had one show uh, that he had that where I went on first, then Garth, then the Judds. And this was at the Rupp Arena in, in Kentucky, and I thought I'd done a pretty good show, man. It was, you know, it was good screams and everything. I thought I'd had some screams until Garth took the stage. And, <laughs> oh my gosh! I never heard anything <laughs> like it before, man. That was crazy. It was right after that. Obviously, he was a headliner, you know. Yeah. Uh, by this time, but um, those were a lot of fun. The, the Judd tour was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Uh, me and Winona got to be really tight. Still are very close friends. Uh, you know, and made a great friendship out of that. And and I, I you know, very saddened for her loss and, yeah. and You know, they bounce back. Them girls are tough. They're strong. They always do.
2: Oh, and I heard she's out there just killing it right now on tour too. So She's
3: such an amazing singer. She's probably at her she's probably at her peak right now. I, mean, I don't <laughs> think I've ever heard her better. Mm-hmm.
2: So, in the second car we pulled. If you could have one current artist guest on one of your songs, who would it be and why? So, if you have one current artist that's out now, guest on a song of yours, who would it be?
3: Man, I I, I would want it to be Morgan Wallen. <laughs> Man, I I I like his stuff. I. I like his mullet hairdo, but he's like yeah. he's kind of, you know, he's kind of giving a little high five to the old mullet haircut. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He <laughs> yeah. He's throwing it back to the nineties.
3: <laughs> he is, you know, he's got and, and uh, that's that's a great honor. And uh, I know some guys in his camp that mm-hmm. that are writing some of those songs. of one of them guys, Ernest. Uh, Keith Smith's his name. Yeah, he went to school with my son. Man, I remember he he sang me some stuff he wrote when he was twelve years old. Oh. And here he's. I think he had like four number ones last year. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah That's
1: definitely. Crazy. A small but, room.
2: Yeah, man, I like the boys. <laughs> well, maybe we'll actually see a Billy Dean cut then on next Morgan Wallen album. <laughs> <Never> <laughs> Gotta get know. in there. I'll hold my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be one heck of that a collaboration, though. I would cool. love that.
3: <laughs> All oh, right, man, he's singing great too. I like his. I like his singing.
2: Yeah, he he is one of the best that's out there right now. I'm him and Luke Combs. We're big Eric Church fans too because we love. We, I love Eric. Church, man, we love man. the songwriter. So, and he's writing love. some of the best songs out. There right now, so
3: no doubt.
2: All right, this next section, we're gonna play four songs, five seconds, six seconds of each song. And any memory you have from the song, just spit it out. Um, if you don't hear it, let me know, and I'll tell you the title of the song. Okay. Oh, all right. Go ahead and play either one.
0: Thank God I'm a country boy. Thank
2: God I'm a country boy, John Denver. Man, when you hear that song, where I know you cover it a couple times, but where does that song take you,
3: man? Well, it takes me back to high school uh, when he was hot on the scene. um, It does take me. It reminds me of my music teacher, and um and I did I did a cover of it, and we did it way different. In fact, I called the songwriter of that song and I, uh john summers and i said i got some good news and bad news i said the good news is country boy's a hit again <laughs> <laughs> bad news is you're gonna hate my version of it <laughs> <laughs> oh good one though uh, awesome. here's the- that, that takes me back to high school right there when <laughs> i first started learning finger stuff Take
1: him. Yeah.
2: i love that all right here comes another one the green one All right, so when you're here on the road again, Willie Nelson, man, where, where's that taking you?
3: Man, that t- immediately puts me in the cab of the tractor that I drove. And uh, I, I think I was right. I think it was the summer after after I graduated from high school. I forget what what year. Did you know what year that came out? Oh
2: man, I, I have no clue. I can't
3: remember, but I know this. Yeah. I played it a gazillion times. We played. <laughs> We played so much Willie Nelson uh, in 70s. our in our band, man. We lo- it was back, you know, the uh, country was cool again, or you know, getting in the urban cowboy days. Uh, but that puts me on the back of my tractor uh, when I first discovered the kind of the outlaws, uh, Willie and the guys, and Waylon.
2: Did you find out what year?
1: Nineteen
2: eighty. Nineteen eighty. All right. 1980, yep. there so you go right.
3: That would have been, yep, perfect
2: Alright, hit the next one, hit uh, Dude Green
0: Oh, I've seen fire I've seen rain Woo. Yeah <laughs>
2: So where's this song take you? This, this reminds me of my father every time I hear it Because he introduced me to this yeah. song It just takes me right there Where does this song take you?
3: Man, first thing, it takes me to the grassy knoll of the vent of a venue outside of nashville and we would go see him every summer man when i was uh in my 20s he would come to nashville every year and it was like that's the other song got your baby got your blanket got your bucket of beer you know it was a <laughs> when he'd come to nashville that was uh it was like oh man i like country music but this guy's so cool, you know. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I want to be him.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> man, For
2: sure. all right. Our last one, the yellow one.
0: The best of the free life behind. Oh,
2: <laughs> the good time is really over. So the hag, yeah. good
3: times really over, man. When you hear that song, where does it take you? Gosh, boy, I was a, I was a major haggard fan. <laughs> Got to tour with him, me and him and Clint Black yeah. for a whole year. I was petrified to even talk to him for the first three months of the tour. <laughs> first thing he ever said to me was uh, Bill, you tall people don't live as long as us short people. Do. <laughs> <laughs> but man that was my sound check song when when we would tour I would, I would do Are the Good Times Really Over for oh. Good. But after I um, in college and everything, I was going. I was into Haggard in the bar. Back to the Barroom album. Uh, I was man. I was playing some of these bars, and Haggard was was king. And and my voice, I was a baritone, so I could I could sound just like him. Man, I remember uh, one of the first people to ever hear me in Nashville when I was like twenty years old told me he said we already got a Merle Haggard son because <laughs> i guess i was uh, cuz really i was singing haggard songs i could sound like him but not as good as him obviously but uh that was a hard thing was at some point you know you have to give up worshipping your heroes mm-hmm. and you have to quit sounding like them and then you have to find your voice mm-hmm. and that's a hard thing to do mm-hmm. you know when people say you know you're too much like this or too much like that and you got to Find your own lane, you know. Mm-hmm. You got to become Willie Nelson, you know, an original. Yeah,
2: I think you so did that, true. man. I think you definitely found the tr- the path and did mastered that. It. <laughs> you mastered
3: I, it. <laughs> I'm kind of a, a, a jumbo stew of all of it, I guess.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the next part of the show, uh, will be our our last one of the night. Uh, we call it the hot seat. So it'll be ten quick questions. First thing that comes to mind, just shoot it out. The first vinyl you
3: ever purchased. Uh, Christopher Cross, sailing.
2: If you had an endless supply of something, what would it be?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I almost said it. Money,
1: (laughs) (laughs) that'd be nice.
3: (laughs) That was the first thing I thought of.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, fair
2: enough. (laughs) All right, who has the best pizza? You've been on tour for a while, you've been, you probably had pizza from all over the place. Who's had the best pizza you've ever had?
3: Man, what's the place? What is it? Happy Joe's has the best pizza on the planet. <laughs> yes. Happy Joe's up in in Iowa. <laughs> all right, and across Happy Joe's. In Iowa. What's the strange Joe's Pizza Taco Pizza? <laughs> they invented it, I think.
2: Ooh, all right. The strangest thing you've ever seen in the middle of the road?
3: <laughs> a gray alien? No,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that would be a first. Did we see a gray alien in Phoenix? Last <laughs> that would night? be a first. Oh, a bear! Really, that's strangest thing I've ever seen. Really, black bear.
2: Nice. If you could live in any time period, when would it be?
3: I think the fifties. Nice. That
2: would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Especially if it's like back to the future.
1: Yeah, yeah right. right.
2: <laughs> that would have been awesome. That
1: kind of stuff.
2: What's one thing people buy that you feel is a waste of money?
3: Oh, uh, sometimes food. <laughs> Man, I mean, you know, you can grow it. Yep. I mean, I'm being a little facetious right now, but you can catch it, you can shoot it, you can grow it. It's like, you know, Better start learning how to grow food, kill <laughs> Yeah, you will be able to. No, I don't. It's true. Um, what? Yeah, water. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great <laughs> one. That's one of the best ones. Air. Maybe we have to buy air now and <laughs> water. Yeah, that's weird. Yes.
2: What's a song you wish you wrote?
3: Oh, God, there's so <laughs> many. Um, you know, I, I, I wish I had written... Uh, Gonna be there for you, baby. That one. Be a man of my word. uh, Making memories of us. That's one of my favorite love songs.
2: This next one was probably more for your wife than for you, but what chore do you not like doing?
1: (laughs) Or that never gets done, that you're supposed to do.
3: (laughs) Well, I'm definitely on the garbage duty uh <laughs> Stephanie usually rolls the garbage can out. It's a big can and we live, you know, it's sand, it's beet sand. Yeah. yeah. And that thing got stuck in the sand and <laughs> down on her knees, she went and I was like, I don't you should listen, let me do it, let me do it. She's always, you know, we, we never have like guy chores or girl chores. It's yeah. just, just chores, but um uh, you know, I don't like well, let's see. I don't like cleaning up dog poop sometimes. <laughs> we got old dogs. <laughs>
2: there we go. That's a, that's a good one. That's, that's a really my good one. Too. That's
3: too. We do. Our dogs are like 18 years old. My God.
2: <laughs> so if you could relive any day in your life, what day would you pick? If you could pick one day that you get to relive that one single day, what day is it?
3: Ooh, the day I probably met
2: Stephanie. <laughs> that would be a that good, that a be good, good day. day. That would be a good day. Yeah. That was a good day. So the my last one, uh, it's kind of a, a wide range question, but you got to do play the opera. You've had number ones. You got to do some really cool stuff in your career. What's something that's still on your bucket list, your musical bucket list that you still would like to accomplish? Maybe is it a cut with Morgan Wallen or <laughs> what? What's something that maybe you still want to accomplish?
3: You know, um, I do want to work more in the, uh, you know, the film and music field. You know, I I, I, I fear, you know, I I love storytelling and I want to be I want to get better at storytelling. I love comedy. I want to get better at telling funny stories, too. (laughs) Um, But I uh, I like these. I, I feel like having spent so many years looking through, you know, this creative eye and having a little years on me now and a little, uh, experience on me. Uh, I love the challenge to be able to make, you know, make a, a small film or a short film or, or make a, you know, a statement, uh, or whether it's funny or what, you know, a shot at, you know, it, trying to capture it on the, on the screen and, and, in the music too, you know, this is a big, long project, but it's, you know, some things I've been working on just on the side, uh, you know, about having to do with some of this World War II stuff. Uh, I would like to, to, to you know, tell a little bit more of the longer form story, you know, well, I don't have to be in the, the one in the behind the, you know, I mean, in front of the camera. Uh, I like being behind it. I like, I'd like to write it, you know, I'd like to definitely do do more of that.
2: I love that That's answer. That's cool. amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, before we let you go for the night, do you mind singing one for us?
3: Well, how about a little bit of Only the Wind?
2: Oh, man. <laughs> I love that. We're going to go ahead and give you the stage, buddy. Here you go.
3: Right. Good to see you guys. You too. Thank mm-hmm. you. I have to tune it up here. I remember as a child on a dark and stormy night I heard this screen door slam and I was overcome with fright So afraid that something bad was trying to get in That mama came to come me and said It's only the wind And nothing more the end of the world knocking at your door so close your eyes dream again believe me it's only Every time I've had to face a bitter storm of life, Those words of comfort are my shelter in the night But tonight I don't believe I'm able to pretend The storm you and I are up against Is only the wind downstairs you're just about to leave There's nothing else that I can do to keep you here with me and now the screen door's slamming and I'm frightened once again what I would not give I could be convinced it's only the wind, and nothing more not the end of my world It's walking out that door And I wish that i dream again Believing it's only the wind Oh, nothing more Not the end of my world I'm Walking out that door Wish that I, I could dream again. even it. it's only. Me.
2: I got goosebumps.
1: That was amazing. <laughs> that was that was beautiful.
2: That was amazing, buddy. Thank, Thank you so you. much. I'm like 12 years old again and listening <laughs> to my boombox.
3: <laughs> oh, you guys are too kind. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you so, for having me. Man, Absolutely.
2: sorry about the time confusion too
3: <laughs> earlier. Oh, that's too. okay. Hey, we were, we're, stepping We're in a hotel here in Atlanta, uh, heading out to do some shows uh, tomorrow and everything. So. Nice. Uh, it was a good, perfect time. So, man, I, I hope it wasn't glitchy or anything. No, it I was perfect. You Guys, taking the time to, to catch up. No, yeah, we appreciate thank it. You. We won't wish
2: you nothing but the best, buddy. And we'll see you down the road. If you're coming to Chicago, we'll be there. You know that.
1: Yeah. Thank you, man. <laughs> that All right. was thank
2: you, Julian. Thank so you. Much. you. You have guys a great have night, night wonderful Billy. Wonderful night. Thank you. Bye
3: bye. Take it. Bye bye.
2: That was a fun show. I really enjoyed that. That was. Most part of my, I can say it all the time. One of my favorites. You know how man. when you're a kid, you're like,
1: ah, "That's how I feel." <laughs> that was that was amazing. He was so kind.
2: Oh, great stories. Great storyteller. Sure. Great, Teller, stories. great yes. stories. Just everything about it. Just was looking forward to it.
1: Wonderful time. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Great.
2: That was cool. That we shared that. I don't have that picture anymore. I, I already got rid of it. But we shared that. We've been talking about this all week. I can't believe it's over. Ago.
1: What picture? Oh God. That
2: one of me, you, and Billy. <laughs>
1: babies that was pre-mississippi
2: yeah that was juliet
1: that i mean i i couldn't have been 19
2: yeah, I don't have it. You'll have to go back to the beginning of the show and it see. Was, we were joking yeah. around with Billy Dean about a picture we had where Jillian That's and I, when actually I got started, to meet when him. That's when I
1: started dating and I was like, You're taking me where? <laughs> to do what? They, get, people do we're that. We're going to go get this guitar <laughs> right here
2: signed by this guy. I uh, didn't know
1: people even did that. At I had a Walmart. no
2: idea. <laughs> He's at a local Walmart or something. I think it was like a Walmart.
1: I think it was Walmart. I remember standing in the line in between the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know people did that. I saw
2: Blake Shelton in a Walmart before.
1: Really? Oh, we've yeah. seen Eric Church in a Walmart parking lot before. We have
2: seen Eric Church in a Walmart parking lot before We're, that. That was fun.
1: Yep, we've done that. So.
2: A lot of Walmart shows.
1: A lot of Walmart shows. I don't go to Walmart hardly anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. No, you just get pickup. I do Walmart Run. pickup. I won't go
1: into Walmart <laughs>
2: Well, guys, we are very excited, uh, mainly because we are getting ready to hit the road. We're taking the show on the road. We're skipping an episode. We're going to come back to it. We're, We're getting a guest together. We were supposed to have a few that didn't pan out, but we're going to come back to episode 149. We're skipping ahead to episode 150 this Sunday. It's a live show out in Nashville, and we are very excited. The lineup is amazing, as you guys can kind of see in the tiny picture on the screen. But we are very excited to just like the show on the road again we will be doing a podcast and it will be live so we'll be streaming everything live We're going live to from sh-
1: live oak yeah, the young takeover and it's for a great cause
2: very excited so check it it's out exciting. if you guys are in nashville can make it out we got, we got a billboard right now all week can be broadcasting it live yep. on billboard We're hoping all week to have
1: a good crowd
2: yeah so get there early it's gonna be a good show so we'll see you guys this sunday in nashville if you can't be there in person tune in live on facebook and youtube and we'll see you guys then
0: the melodies and memories podcast with jillian and aaron shriver brought to you by arlo revolution as we close the book on another chapter, remember, music gives us soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and life to everything. Next week, Julian and Aaron connect more melodies and memories with the fans and artists they love. Thank you for being a part of this musical journey, and we will see you next time on the Melodies and Memories podcast with Jillian and Aaron Schreiber.